This is Rugger Matrix episode 155, Northern Lights. Welcome to show 155, Northern Lights. Heineken Cup begins this weekend in the north and Les Kiss casts his eye across the form teams. Go you good things, Ulster. Really hats off to Ulster, the way they've gone about their business this year and in, in the midst of it all they had that terrible tragedy. The inaugural rugby championship has been run and won. Mark Cashman talks all blacks. Uh, undefeated, six wins from six starts, 26 points, 177, 66 against. But uh, listen, they are the best side in the world by a pretty fair margin. Rugger Matrix is brought to you by Strike. Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, sat-nav devices and reversing cameras. Check out strike.com.au today and get 10% off. Hello and welcome to the show, episode 155, and I'm your host, Juro Sen, with a bit of a croaky throat, so it's a bit hard to do the show this week, but finally cobbled it together, and we'll be hearing from Les Kiss a little bit later on, but first, as he appears over the shoulder, we make way... Uh, with Ben Robinson and Big Mark Cashman appears. Cash Cow, good evening to you. Bronk, two outstanding loose heads, Ben Robinson and Mark Cashman in his day. How about that, eh? Unbelievable. Listen, listen Bronk, it must have been a hard day there at Channel 7, free-to-air television here in Sydney, Australia. Mate, you must have been punching out those reports on absolutely nothing because there's nothing <laughs> happening in sport here. Oh, there's, there's plenty on, mate. There's plenty on. We're heading into the cricket season in the Southern Hemisphere, but it's uh, heating up in the North, and we'll be talking all things Heineken Cup and uh, local premiership competitions very shortly with Les Kiss. Uh, very good chat with him coming up later on. But just off the top of the show, thought we'd cover off a few things, uh, Cash Cow, and bear with me with the voice uh, as we go through them. But uh, the Rugby Championship run and won already, and it's been a victory, a comprehensive, outstanding victory to the All Blacks. I guess there was little doubt that they'd win it after the way they dispatched the Aussies in the first two tests. Yeah, Bronk, very much so. Uh, undefeated, six wins from six starts, 26 points, 177, 66 against. But uh, listen, they are the best side in the world by a pretty fair margin. You've got to agree with that, Bronk, isn't it? Uh, it's probably a bit like the uh, the All Blacks uh, in 1988, 89, 90, who went on that uh, absolutely fantastic uh, winning run. I think it was, what, 17 straight wins, and uh, this All Blacks side, I think, is probably going probably to break the world record at some stage. It certainly was comprehensive, uh, outstanding side, and it's very hard for a team to compete. But Australia did manage to regain second place in the IRB rankings. A gutsy performance with a lot of injuries, heading to Rosario and putting up with laser pens as well. Uh, extraordinary stuff. The All Blacks had to put up that with that as well. Um, having been to Argentina, I've been very fortunate to be there a couple of times with the Wallabies and Waratahs. It is a difficult place to win rugby games. And uh, I spoke to Tatafu Pilota now today, who uh, wowed the crowd of the press members by speaking in somewhat uh, broken Spanish in the press conferences before the game. He said it was one of the greatest things he's ever done. Uh, to play in that atmosphere was awesome. Uh, and to come away with the victory was absolutely brilliant as well. They made it hard for themselves, the Australians, but uh, it certainly showed a great test of character 
and they came out with the victory against a really good Argentinian side that was spanked by the All Blacks only uh, a week before. Yeah, Bronk, it's interesting about uh, the debut of the the, uh, the Los Pumas. Uh, I think uh, I think you, you'll have to agree that uh, uh, if the Wallabies had played the Pumas early in the tournament, I, I think we would have uh, would have been defeated by the Pumas. But uh, listen, there was that uh, that feeling that uh, these boys were a bit tired. They obviously play a very physical, very attritional style of rugby, but uh, listen, they've done their country very proud, and I think they're going to be a fantastic addition to uh, this tournament. Southern Hemisphere rugby, I think, is going to be all the better for their uh, their involvement there. Obviously, uh, it'd be great if they had some sort of involvement in uh, in Super Rugby. Uh, the tyranny of distance, the geography where Argentina is, is going to be pretty hard. But listen, it's it's worth persevering because they've certainly added a lot of colour and a lot of uh, you know. A lot of vibrancy to this uh, Southern Hemisphere uh, major championship, the Rugby Championship. In the South, I know there were a lot of complaints, maybe a different view in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, complaints about how much time the ball was in play. I actually thought it was a pretty intense sort of a test match, so I'm not necessarily concerned so much. I'm, I'm a bit different to the normal flavour in the Southern Hemisphere. I don't mind the contestable stuff that you see in the North as well. Uh, your thoughts, Cash Gow, on the contest and how much ball was in play? You know, a lot of that was had to do with the way the game was played, not so ne- not necessarily by the referee, although they didn't help. No, no, certainly not. Uh, I've heard some criticism of Craig Joubert being a bit uh, a bit officious in uh, in the way he actually controlled the game. I think he was he was pretty much like that when uh, he he last sort of controlled the Wallabies in uh, I think it was the Bledisloe Cup game here in in Sydney or was it Auckland? I'm not. I, I just can't remember, remember off the top of my head. But uh, listen, he's uh, he was there. But I I think having a um, having a uh, a referee like that I think um, helped the Wallabies. It helped them uh, stay in the game at uh, different sort of stages it certainly did and the news today that Nathan Sharp has once again put off his retirement this guy's going to keep playing what is he 34 or so uh, at a request by the AAU CEO and head coach Robbie Deans he decided that uh, he would uh, make a comeback and play on not only next week against the All Blacks in the third Bledisloe which uh, they won't be playing for the cup but he'll also be playing on uh, on the spring tour. Yeah, it's in- interesting, Bronk, isn't it? Uh, you know, perhaps perhaps the uh, the elder statesman captain is just the thing that uh, Robbie Deans was looking for. But perhaps a year he should have hit a bar of him. Perhaps they uh, they should have gone down this track a bit earlier there. A lot of young kids in that side, and they needed a senior player there to actually show them why. And that's what Sharpie's done: wins in uh, against Argentina in uh, in the Gold Coast under under trying circumstances, wins against the Argentinians in Rosario in trying circumstances. And uh, listen, I tell you what, that Wallaby side hung in there real tough in that game against uh, South Africa in, in Pretoria. So listen, that, that score could have quite easily blown out to uh, over 50 without uh, without too many problems. But uh, listen, uh, good to see Kirtley Beale back on the field. James O'Connor is way back. We've all heard about uh, what's going on with uh, with Quade Cooper. Probably not part of the equation in the, uh, in, in the short term. We'll have to see with 
that one ends. But uh, uh, another, another guy who's done very well, uh, Michael Hooper. What an absolute find over the last couple of weeks. Yep. A lot of people were ruining the fact that David Pocock wasn't there or even George Smith wasn't there. But uh, Michael Hooper, fantastic bust right up the middle there against Argentina at one stage. What a, what a fantastic find. He's going to do very well, I think, in the very near future. He's obviously going to keep David Pocock on his toes, that's for sure. Of course, uh, South Africa couldn't do the job against the, the Kiwis, uh, even at home. Uh, just an incredible effort by New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand uh, were obviously the better side. Once they got that vital score after halftime, uh, I think they were, uh, there was there was wasn't too much. Uh, uh, it wasn't too much doubt about the fact that they'd uh, they, they'd uh, they win that game. Ended up being 32-16, and uh, the All Blacks obviously far and away the best side in world rugby at this particular point in time. And they they, they sort of showed that how they're going to cope without Richard McCaw. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, the the man waiting in uh, there and waiting to be uh, the next captain of the All Blacks, Kieran Reid, he's there ready to go. And it, listen, he's had an outstanding series. Oh, what a what a what gushing. a Superb rugby him. player. You're Absolutely you superb. Yes, get me a room <laughs> and a cold spoon. All right, <laughs> well, just hold on the uh, blower there for a second because uh, we are going to go to, uh, you know, one of my favourite men in the world, uh, the great uh, Les Kiss. So, Casho, just have a quick coffee and I'll be back with you in a second. I'll be here, Bronk, waiting for you. And now it's time to check in with the Northern Hemisphere. And popping over the shoulder is Les Kiss. G'day, Les. Welcome to the new program for the first time. Hey, Bronk. How are you, mate? Uh, great to be back on. Great to have you. Now, wonderful week of rugby coming up in the Northern Hemisphere. It's time for the Heineken Cup. But uh, surprise, surprise, the best team with the best form, unbeaten form going into it, is one of the Irish teams. It's Ulster. Uh, unbeaten so far, top of the table in the Rabo. Uh, as a uh, as a union, you fellas must be pretty chuffed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's been a credit to them, really. Ulster, they, they bought well in the off-season, um, and a couple of those players are yet to hit the pitch. Uh, but Tommy Bowe just returned last week, and he, he's, he's doing some good things already, uh, which is a plus for not only Ulster but for Ireland. But... Uh, really hats off to Ulster the way they've gone about their business this year and in, in the midst of it all they had that terrible tragedy which I know has been well covered mm. uh, in the passing of uh, Nevin Spence but a massive loss uh, not only for rugby but for the, the whole community up there and, and, and in particular for his family up there it's a, an absolute tragedy what happens but um, you know, I just have to give the guys a wrap up there the way they've handled it with dignity and, and honoured Nevin in the best way possible uh, in a number of ways um, but also in the, their first game back against Cardiff they, they absolutely tore them, tore them to pieces and and last week I uh, went up to watch them again and uh, they did a very good job against Connacht in the local derby so they're in a pretty good place at the moment Ulster in terms of their rugby performance uh, but you know they will be inspired for the rest of the year with Nevin Spence his, his initials on the jersey for the rest of the year year uh, under their emblem so uh, they'll carry with him with them for the rest of the year uh, in terms of that way uh, but the, you're right uh, in terms of rugby mate they're in a good place and they go into the Heineken Cup um, uh, probably feeling like they they have uh, they have a, a good chance of going through to the to the finals because uh, let's not forget they were there last year beaten by a good Leinster team but they've had the experience you know that always carries well into the following season if you've had the experience of being into the final. 
Les, uh, it was an enormous tragedy, made news worldwide. It was just, uh, just so sad. How does a community so small recover and, and get on with life and, and get on with the job at hand? Yeah, it's a um, look. It's a challenge. You really can't put uh, words around it to explain it. Um, you know, personally, it hit me very hard when I found out on the night, and um, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say there was a tear in the eye because he was such a lovely young lad, and um, the type of lad. If your daughter brought him home, you'd be pretty happy. Put it that way. He was that type of boy, and that's why he, he he's so uh, missed up there, and it was such a tragedy. But there's a strength. In, in terms of the community up there, and I'm talking away from rugby, um, they were quite a, a Christian family, and um, those values I think really helped them and, and kept their strength going for them. That faith, um, uh, in terms of their family and their these tight community there, but uh, the rugby team itself, uh, you know, very tight knit unit up there, and um, he, you know, he's been with them for a number of years from a youngster, showing a lot of talent, and. Um, you know, he was. He had a lot of his best mates were involved in the team. So, the tragedy uh, that was that was thrust upon the club probably helped bring them together and, and make them even tighter because it was such a good purpose to get to get tighter around. And um, you know, he'll be missed. But I, as I said earlier, Bronk, uh, the, the real task from them is to move forward positively. You know, they've done that in their first couple of steps, uh, and big, bigger challenges ahead for them. And uh, I just got a feeling they're they're in for a big year. And certainly, on behalf of all of us and Rugger Matrix and the Australian community, uh, our best is, our best wishes go to everyone in the region, and we hope they do very well this year and the family, of course. Uh, Les, the thing about uh, the Heineken Cup on your doorstep uh, uh, is how do you convert good form, as Ulster's had, into Heineken Cup form? Well, that's a big question because uh, when you look through the pools, uh, some interesting makeups, some interesting first-up matches. Um, you know, Leinster uh, have, have probably struggled a bit this year. They put in a, a, a pretty good performance in the in the local derby against Munster, um, and uh, you know they've got to take mixed form into a game against Exeter. Now they do have that at home. Uh, Exeter been travelling okay. They're, they're a handy unit in, in, in England. Um, Dean Mum is a recent Waratah who's just joined them. And they're going quite well. They had a big win in the weekend, actually, um, uh, in the Aviva Premiership exit. They beat um, uh, Harlequins, actually. And it was a very good for them. But um, uh, I just feel, you know, Leinster's mixed form. This might be just the launching pad to get them back on track. Uh, Exeter inexperienced in the cup and I think they'll go well. So Leinster have mixed form but I think they'll find their feet in, in this in this tournament. Um, when you go through the, the the pools overall, Edinburgh, you know, they made the the, the, uh, the quarterfinals last year and were knocked out by Ulster but you know, they've had very poor form, in mixed form and you know, they're doing some good things but a lot of poor things I think they're third from the bottom of the ladder. So they're taking poor form into the competition, coming up against Saracens, who have the best defence in the, in, in the uh, Aviva Premiership. Uh, so they'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they can convert poor form into good form into the Heineken Cup. And, um, and likewise, as you, you've already mentioned, Ulster, that's a team that's, um, you know, carried good form. And uh, they, they'd be very keen, absolutely ultra keen to make sure they can start off um, on, on, a, on a good note because um, 
it, it is important to get off to a good start in this competition. Well, Les, there's been a lot of talk about injuries as well, especially with Leinster. And I noticed there's a side argument as well that the possibility of uh, the the main man coming down south, Brian O'Driscoll, and playing for the Waratahs on the Michael Checker. Did you see that story? Yeah, yeah, that crossed the, uh, across the wires here. Um, <laughs> quite interesting, really. You know, he's, he's swapping one blue colour for another if he does that and if he ends up at the Tars. But, um, look, I... It'd take a big call for him to do it, but um, anything's possible. You know, his current contract, I believe, I couldn't be certain of this, but I'm pretty sure it's up at the end of this uh, season. So he may have a bit of bargaining power going his way if he wants to make the shift or, or force him to keep him here. But uh, he'd be a loss to the place, that's for sure. Or he's, he's 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 just a legend in the place, and he's an exceptional player. He's he's come back and um, he's getting back into some good form as well. But it'd be interesting if if he did make that decision. Uh, he certainly wouldn't regret it in terms of the experience, and we know. I think you know what I mean by saying that. Bronk to go down there and and play in a Super 15, it, you know, it is a great experience. And um, so, if he does it, good luck to him. But I, I feel pretty comfortable that the boys here, um, Ireland and Leinster, would would do their best to make sure he stays. Well, what about Leinster? Uh, good win at the weekend against Munster, but uh, there's still a lot of work ahead and a couple of injuries to contend with. Yeah, they've. Um, had a bit of a bad luck, really, in terms of some of their injuries. It's um, you know, I remember Munster last year carried a massive load of injuries and and and, and subsequent retirements through major key players uh, dropping out, um, and it forced them to bring some youth in, which is going to serve them well this year and into next. So, you know, where there is some um, adversity, there's opportunity, and uh, you know, I can only imagine that some of the exposure that the young guys are getting is going to serve them well. Uh, come the middle of the season during international windows and also towards the end of the season, the, the experience they will gain from it will be good. You know, by their own admission, they don't always start uh, in, in great form. They, they ease their way, work their way into the competition, but they always finish strong and they always turn up for big matches and um, you know, they're a quality output in that respect. But uh, the injuries are taking its toll, but, but they still have enough... If you look through their team, they have enough internationals still getting onto the pitch. You know, and I'm not just talking recently. There's enough blokes who've got really good experience and, and depth of, of uh, uh, exposure at these big matches and big match conditions. And uh, so that's something that'll, that'll stand to them even in these tough times. And, um, you know, between themselves and, and Ulster, that, you know, they had a couple of tough, tough, you know, two or three weeks. Uh, albeit for different reasons, but both have shown character uh, in in handling it, that's for sure. So what about the serious threats uh, deep into Europe then? Obviously, France have a number of teams, but so far, who's impressed you? Yeah, look, I... Look, I think one of the games of the round is going to be um, uh, Toulouse and play Leicester. That's going to be a massive, uh, a massive uh, 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 match for both teams. Uh, you know, Toulouse have been quite effective in what they've been doing in terms of the rugby I've been watched. I've seen a couple of their games. You can tell they're always dangerous in how they go about their business. Uh, Clement, again, will be big, big. Uh, there's no doubt uh, um, you'd expect that they'll win their first home match, uh, their first match, which is home against Scarlets. Scarlets have played well in the rubber. They've, they've been um, you know, quite a handy unit. Um, Simon Easterby's done a fantastic job uh, in terms of, of, of you know getting them back into a really competitive outfit, uh, but I, I can't see them trouble. 
bring uh, Clement over there. They've been very strong all year. And I think one of the teams that we're going to have to watch in terms of the French teams uh, going uh, through the Heineken Cup, uh, Bronc will be Toulon. Yes. Uh, they're in a pool. They're in a pool with Cardiff Blue who were, who were torn to shreds the other night by a couple of weeks by um, an Ulster team. So they're not right on top of their game by any means. Um Montpellier, well, they're going to be probably their biggest their biggest challenge in that pool. But Sail Sharks are absolutely appalling at the moment. They, you know, they're coming last. They're, it's not through lack of endeavour, but they just can't put it together. And um, it's been a tough time for Diamond and uh, Red Path there in terms of trying to get their first win. I think it's their worst start in the history of, um, of the club uh, to the competition. So Toulon are sitting in a pretty good pool if, if, if form stays that way throughout the year. And... Um, you know, probably the, the first match they have is the big one. They, they play Montpellier and uh, that's going to be probably critical in terms of if they can finish on top of that pool. But with, with them playing Sale and, and Cardiff, you'd probably think they'll probably get good points through that and possibly both go through based on that. So um, I think Toulon could be the real dark horse in this competition because I think they'll definitely get through to the, uh, to the, to the quarters. The, the threat from the Premiership, Les, uh, obviously Leicester will be strong again, but any other dark horses there? Well, Leicester are in a really strong pool. It's absolutely amazing. You've got Toulouse, as I mentioned, you've got Ospreys, who are, are really found their form. They're, they're always tough. Um, and, and Treviso really troubled a few teams this year. And, and we know in, in previous cups, Cup matches where Treviso has had some nice little wins on their home patch. So it's going to be a really tough pool. But, you know, Saracens... Uh, Again, they don't play the most exciting brand of rugby, but I tell you, they've got a, just a, such a, an effective way of getting the job done. And their defence at the moment's been awesome. Between them and Leicester, they're, they're the best defensive teams there at the moment. I think uh, both have let in very few tries, four or five each, or, or some ridiculously low number. So they're, they're in a good place in that respect. Northampton are leading the comp there, and um, they're in Glasgow, um, in Ulster's pool. So uh, they play Glasgow at home uh, at, North, at, at uh, Northampton. Uh, play at home against Glasgow in the first match. So I'd expect they win that. So they will. They will certainly be uh, be a threat in terms where they go. Exeter. I just don't think they're going to be able to put together something. Uh, enough in the Heineken Cup to, to fight on two fronts. I know they go hard each game at, in the Premiership and they've done a good job, but they don't have the same class as Leinster and, and, and Co. You know, I. I uh, I might be eating my words at the end of the year, but just as as a as a judgment now, I think it'll be tough for them to fight on two fronts. I know they'll be competitive, but I just don't see them um, uh, beating Leinster this weekend for sure, and I, I don't see them getting through to the next level. So, you know, Leicester obviously always in the hunt. They're a big big team. They've won the Heineken Cup a few times, and um, but you know, Saracens effective, Northampton. Uh, been there a couple of years ago. Sometimes it takes that experience, as I mentioned earlier, to, to really understand what it's about. And um, although last year it didn't quite nail it, they could be in for big things again this year. You mentioned Glasgow, and you know I've got a soft spot for the Scots. And what's your thoughts on their um, season ahead, and not just in the uh, Heineken Cup, but in uh, in the Robo as well? Yeah, well, yeah, Glasgow is interesting. Um, I, I, I went up to a match and um, they played Ulster early in the season and um, they couldn't quite get to their, their game together. But but um, since then, they've, they've really put a few nice couple of performances together. Uh, I think they've pushed themselves up uh, 
the ladder. I, I even think they're in the top four at this stage. So the style of rugby they're coming through with at the moment seems to be uh, popping its head up and, and being effective. Um, so, uh, you know, I, 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 th I think they can be pretty happy with what they've done there. And um, I, I've always looked at what the Scots did in their shape and, and their attack and some of the work they did there. And that's obviously coming through with uh, Gregor in the um, in the uh, in the Rabo with the, the the Glasgow Warriors now. So I think they're going to be uh, a team that'll that'll go very well in the Rabo. I think they're going to get stronger and stronger. And that again, it's all about being able to fight effectively on two fronts, having the right type of depth uh, right through your most of your positions or all your positions to be able to to fight hard on the on the Heineken Cup uh, front and also on the Rabo front now. You know, Leinster and Munster. Are, over recent years, have done a good job because they've they've had depth, super depth. You know, Leinster can pull internationals off the bench all the time. Has probably got the best depth in in Europe, um, without a doubt, I'd say. And um, so, so they they can they can fight effectively on two fronts. And um, uh, Glasgow, it's it's a little tougher, but look, I wouldn't write them off. They've got some tenacious footballers there. They've they've got uh, your man from uh, from the Reds doing the defence now. Um, Linky's mate. Um, he's how rude of me I've, I've forgotten his name but I know him. but he's doing a good job there as well so um, overall they could be a dark horse in that competition I can cover but it'd be a difficult to, to nail both competitions for him Matt Taylor was it Kissy? Yes that's it mate yeah that's the man he, he's, he's an exceptional operator and uh, did a great job with Linky there for a while and now he's over with the Scots helping out and also helping out Glasgow so he's doing a fantastic job Excellent stuff. Now, uh, so that's all ahead this weekend. At the start of the show, we covered off what was happening in the Rugby Championship, uh, a name that you don't like, obviously. Les, uh, we'll call it the four, champ, four, four nations for you at the moment. Uh, but was uh, look, I don't need to tell you how hard it is to beat Argentina. And only one team in the world can put them to the sword in Argentina, and that's the All Blacks. They did that a week ago or so. But yeah, we know the, the Australians fought hard... <laughs> They have been racked by injuries, but a uh, really gutsy effort to beat Argentina and Rosario at the weekend. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure around the place there at the moment and um, uh, not not just through the injury front, but also a lot of speculation around a lot of things, which does happen in the game. We, we expect that when you're in, coach, in the coaching ranks, but it's been a lot of pressure around the areas and, and, and you just have to take your hat off to the group of players uh, and, and, and management as a whole because to go over there and do a job uh, under that duress, they've had a lot of injuries, a lot of you know chopping and changing to try and adapt to that, uh, making some brave decisions in terms of you know picking a bigger bigger team to handle the physicality and then going out and deal, uh, implementing that plan was great and you know just take my head off to the wallabies it's it's a game that was um you know it could have easily they could have easily let that game get on top of them by going over there and in, in the in the circumstances they were under uh, losing so many players to injury but they stood up and fought and they got the money and um and probably a, a critical lesson for um for argentina it's uh um, you know, the, I think without a doubt, and we found that out as an Irish, the Irish boys found that out when we went down to New Zealand to play New Zealand three tests after a long season, after a World Cup season and a long season and to go there and you you need to be at your best. You need your best players always on the park and you, you need your big guns. And I think uh, 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 some of the lessons that Argentina, 
and it would have got from you know the the the, the tonking they got the week before against New Zealand, and then then having to front up against another top tier nation and a top two, two three nation in the rugby uh, will, will will all go well from. Hopefully not too much for when we play them later in the year, but they'll learn some lessons from it. It's it, it is a tough ask when you don't have the same type of resources and and uh, as teams like. New Zealand do in terms of their players, but um, hats off to Argentina. I thought they had a very competitive campaign. Um, but you're right. I, I, just quickly on that New Zealand performance in in Argentina, yep. that's that's unheard of. I, they're a team. I, I, I yeah, yeah, you're just in awe of the All Blacks at the moment, what they can do. And and um, I think every team that's played them this year have struggled. Uh, immensely to be able to keep up with them, even, even on the weekend when the Springboks. I think at one stage the penalties were ten-one in favour of the Springboks, and it was four tries to one to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, figure that. You know, you, you, it just doesn't make sense. But they're a driven team, and Hanson and, and the boys there have done a fantastic job with them. Even even after they lost to Sonny Bill, who who if he was in in the team for the rest of the, the championship, I reckon they would have put in another one or two tries on each game. Uh, they're in a they're in their own world at the moment. Uh, the All Blacks, and hats off to them. They've, they've done it well. Do you think the Australians can beat them in the fourth Bledisloe Cup game? Or the third, I should say. Um, depends in terms of what the All Blacks do in terms of their selections and their experimentations. They might want to just look at a couple of uh, things going forward. Although, it's a Bledisloe Cup, isn't it? And uh, that's that's something that the Kiwis do not take for granted. So, look, you know, I'd love to see it. But I would have to uh, would have to say that it, it, it'd be, it's hard to see it happening if, at the moment. Uh, um, maybe a few weeks break is is will take the the tone off there, the edge off the All Blacks, and and the Wallabies find something in, in freshening up for it. Hopefully, because um, someone needs to do something to stop that All Black machine at the moment. And if it's uh, if it's a Wallabies, well done. But I, it'd be difficult to see Bronk. But hopefully, hopefully it does happen. You never write them off, mate, the, in a Bledisloe. You just never do it. Uh, you're crazy to do it. All right, Les. Hey, uh, great to speak to you. How you been, by the way? Yeah, good, mate. We're, we're in the flow. It's a, it's a very, very busy part of the year. We're getting around to see a lot of games, uh, a lot of selection meetings, um, you know, just trying to put things together to, to build the plan to go go to the, uh, forward to the spring box. Um, Interesting. We've got all their matches now, and we've been heavily analysing them. So hopefully, we, uh, we come up with the right plan to be able to knock them over. It's oh, it's exciting, mate. It's going forward. It's you know to see Ulster and Leinster and Munster doing well. Connor struggled a bit this year, but they've got a little bit of form um, uh, when they, particularly when they flogged Leinster by 36 points to or 34 points to six or something. A massive match. Massive the way they did it was fantastic. And. Um, um, and, and so they've had some nice touches too for the year, but you know we, there's some good players around there. We've got a couple of injuries, obviously, with you know so many injuries in the Leinster team, etc. To deal with, but um, hopefully, hopefully we, we, we're fighting fit for the uh, for the November series and we can do a job. But I'm sure we'll speak before that time, mate, and and, and can update you from there. But overall, mate, things are going well and um, uh, still enjoying it very much. All right, Les, nice to uh, speak to you tonight, as always. The best to the family. And uh, enjoy the Heineken Cup this weekend. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Catch you soon. And our thanks to Les Kiss for joining us. It's been a quite a trying time. And uh, as we said, our sympathies go to everyone in Ireland at the moment. Just uh, an unbelievable tragedy. But the focus now is on rugby over there, and it's great to see as Mark Cashman rejoins me again. And Cash Cow, 
Uh, always good to hear from Kissy. Uh, he had some good um, comments to make about the Heineken Cup coming up this weekend, but also a lot of action on the Gold Coast in Australia with the Sevens. Yeah, Bronk, very much so. The uh, the first league of the IRB World Series. So, uh, you know, we, we, we're sort of counting down to a number of very important tournaments that are coming up. Commonwealth Games is coming up. A lot of the, uh, the Commonwealth nations involved in rugby there, you know, Fiji, New Zealand, Australia... Uh, England, Ireland, Wales, all, all those sorts of things. But the big one's coming up in 2016, and that's uh, that's where the countdown is to now. The debut of Rugby Sevens, both in men's and women's, at the Rio Olympics. Uh, can't wait for that one to go through. A lot of guys there trying, trying to time their involvement with the Sevens team uh, to actually... Uh, to, to become an Olympian. What a, what a fantastic thing you, you can be, or just, just all through the game of rugby. Absolutely, Cash. Looking forward to that. And let's hope the Rugger Matrix gets a little berth on that trip to Rio for the Olympics. And don't forget, maybe these guys can help strike. Don't forget, they are the best people to see when you want a Bluetooth uh, car kit for your motor vehicle, whether it be a car, motorcycle, skateboard, you name it. You had a Vespa once, so you got rid of it, didn't you? Yeah, too dangerous, Bronk. I went across the bridge a couple of times and decided that uh, my life was worth more than the Vespa. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, anyway. Hopefully for Tony's sake. Uh, all right, mate. Well, it's great to speak to you. Uh, we will be back next week. Now, we will be getting more infield interviews next week and we'll be touching base with our refereeing expert next week and that'll be the start or since the weekend after next week, because we're out every two weeks. And then when we hit the season uh, proper next year, we'll be uh, hopefully getting back to a weekly show. But for the moment, it's every two weeks. So uh, make sure you tune in uh, in a fortnight's time, but make sure you get stuck into these last two episodes that we've done in our reboot program. And we've got plenty of people to hear from, some special stories in our next show coming up. And don't forget the boys from Rugger Matrix America, an audio show, but the boys are about to hit their 100th program. So make sure you tune in to Alex Goff and uh, Pat and, of course, Bruce McLean, the man. All right, Cash Cow, good to speak to you, and I'll speak to you very, very soon. In fact, we'll probably have a club show next week on air. Love it, Bronk. Listen, just a quick shout-out to the boys up at the Sevens and a particular mate of mine, Carlos Jose Blanco playing for Spain. He was one of my cults in uh, northern suburbs a couple of years ago. What, what a what a great story that is. Uh, a boy who went to Joey's, lobbed into Spain, heard about his uh, Spanish heritage, and there he is playing for Spain on his way to the Rio Olympics with a bit of luck. Yeah, good one, Cash Cow. Uh, gracias, senor. And we will speak to you next time on the show every two weeks, Rugger Matrix. And then hopefully in the new year, we'll be back on a weekly basis, but every fortnight. And don't forget the Rugger Matrix America program, 100 shows coming up very, very soon. All right, Pinko, thank you, mate. Look forward to it, Bronk. And that is it for the program this week. Uh, look forward to your company in a couple of weeks. Don't forget uh, there will be an HD version on iTunes as well. Uh, that'll be uh, available in the next uh, week or so once that gets approved. So look out for that. That will come up brilliantly on your Apple TV. Don't forget, you can also get HD on YouTube as well. And uh, you can get the standard deaf version on iTunes or on the normal feed. And the audio, of course, goes up before anything else. Until next week, enjoy your rugby, and we'll speak to you on Rugger Matrix.